If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. All right, this is episode number 59 of the Legendary Marriage Podcast, and we're your hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams. Yeah, each week we're bringing you inspiration and, of course, a challenge to help you build more intimacy and connection in your marriage. And we always have a lot of fun, don't we? Yeah, we sure do. You know what? This week is January. This whole month, we are focused on bringing health to the family. Yes. And so today we're talking to Dave Hackbarth, nutrition enthusiast and martial arts expert about leveling up your nutrition and exercise. So we're going to talk about things like how Dave devoured a cookie cake one day and resolved to never cheat on his diet or nutrition again. You, using his childhood story to set him on a journey to becoming a martial arts master. And tackling your own training in service of setting others on their own transformational journey. You, you know what, honey? It's got me thinking. What is a workout that you like love to do? P90X3 yoga. I love. God help me, I love Tony Horton. He's corny. He's full of dad <laughs> jokes. But I love that yoga sequence. You know what? Last week, so we had Erin Grieger on the show, and she is a Beachbody.com um, online coach. Yeah. And we are already Beachbody.comers. We, we love it. Have and been for a while, yeah. It's kind of funny because there's like a million workouts that you can do on there. And Justin does the same one. Pretty much all the time. Pretty uh, much I, all I, the time. I, I, no, I've spread my wings. Like this you week when I was wings? on the road. Is that a yoga move? <laughs> this week when I was on the road, um, I, I there were times where I just didn't have time to do the full routine. So I did like, there was one with like Elise or... Ventas or something like that is the guy's name. And like they do a 10 minute or a 15 or a 20 or a 30 or whatever. So you were just going for the shorter ones. I was going for the shorter ones. (laughs) Well, for different purposes, for different purposes. But anyway. Yeah. So um, what about you? What's what's your, your love affair workout? Right now, my love affair workout is mixed fit. And the mixed fit. Yeah. It's a, um, it is a class that you can do. First of all, I get decision fatigue when I go to the gym. And what that means is <laughs> I cannot decide like what machine am I supposed to be doing? How much weight? How long? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. How many reps? It just exhausts me, honestly. So I like to get into a class where I'm like, I can just mirror somebody. No problem. Yeah. But the cool thing about Mixed Fit is it's part... Like martial arts, which, you know, Dave's martial arts expert. So he'd be like, yeah, get it, girl. Actually, I could never picture him saying that. Um, No, no, (laughs) he would never, (laughs) ever say that. Uh, He's too hardcore for that. Now he's going to say it to me. Yeah, just despite it. Um, And it's half like how I think I was like an awesome dancer when I was in college, like at the clubs. Boom, 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 boom. That was me. I was rocking it hardcore. I mean, you weren't like Elaine from Seinfeld, <laughs> but I'm just saying it wasn't Saturday Night Fever either. Hey, you like to rub up on it. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, channel your college self. Remember that? Remember those times? Anyway, moving <laughs> right along. All okay, right. Okay, I've got a question for you. Okay. If you're 
kid version because Dave today talks about in the interview about himself as a kid and falling yeah. in love with martial arts. If your kid version of Justin Williams would see you today, what would surprise him about how you've turned out or what you do? Oh, geez. Uh, that he was still alive. Really? You thought you'd be dead by now? Yeah, there's a certain degree of that. certain degree of truth to that. Really? Yeah. Wow, what a morbid thought for a kid. <laughs> Jeez. <Well, laughs> All know, right, let's brighten this up a little bit here. <laughs> um, man, I don't know. I think, I think the, the uh, amount of time outside that I spend... Like I, uh-huh. I, you were an inside I, kid. I was an outside kid. Like oh. I never got into video games and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and now even working, I'm, you know, I mentioned in an episode previously that I started working for a company and, and I'm in an office all day and everything. And, um, it, that is hard. It is, yeah. it is really challenging. Like any chance I get to go, uh, I'm cutting out of the office. I'm going to go to work go work from home or I'm going to go work from the park or whatever, I take it. Yeah, Justin's wild at heart for sure. I think eight-year-old Justin would be very proud of that. Yay, way (laughs) to go eight-year-old Justin and you're not dead. Okay, Um, I think my child version would be surprised that I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. I, I was very just like play it by the rules of, you know, whoever, whatever authority was put before me and I feel like that's shifted quite a bit. So, Little Danielle would be pretty shocked to see me today, I think. Yeah. Little Danielle. Little Danielle. Is that your rapper name? (laughs) Little Danielle. All right. So today on the show, we have my good friend, Dave Hackbarth. He is a professional martial artist and instructor. He currently holds a second degree black belt in Taekwondo and cross trains in Hapkido, Muay Thai, Kenpo, and Krav Maga. For fun, Dave likes to run obstacle course races and climb mountains. Welcome to the show, Dave Hackbarth. We are here today. Well, I am here. Danielle's down for the count with the flu at the moment. I'm just starting to get over it. I'm here with uh, Dave Hackbarth, a good friend and neighbor and colleague in many ways. And we're, we're just having this great conversation around health and fitness as men and husbands and leaders. Man, Dave has been on this incredible journey over the last about six years, really? It's really seven years ago is when the um, nutritional aspect of things kicked in for me. And then uh, four and a half years ago, when the fitness uh, caught up. Um, But uh, there's some other important pieces in between there. Yeah. So every story has an inciting incident, so to speak. And and you mentioned that it was kind of around this nutrition piece. Uh, Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so for me, the nutritional journey began um, serendipitously because um, I had been this. So for going back, so this was May of 2010. Um, I was at a, a um, picnic with a staff team I was a part of, and uh, we were having uh, just this big gathering and all tons of food and a lot of fun and pretty sure you were there actually. And, oh, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And so, um, while I was there, yeah, you know, I was just eating all the food that was out and whatnot, but I was having issues. We went out to go play extreme 
frisbee or so i don't know what it was i can't remember something like that it was extreme yeah. something um and i had been having i i have two vertebral subluxations in my back which are similar to her, disc herniations and have had that as an injury since 1999 december 99 actually so um mm. anyway uh, I was having some back pain issues that day, but the thing that was most inciting for me was that I felt like I was having a heart attack. Um, and this is seven years ago. I'm 41 now. So at the age of 34, yeah. I thought I was having a heart attack and, um, that persisted for months. Oh, uh, every time I ate. So, uh, I'd eat food. I'd feel, shortness of breath, tightness of chest, um, sharp pains in uh, my abdomen and my stomach. Uh, I had no idea what was going on. Um, I was not, I had zero regularity in my system and um, didn't know what to do about it. Yeah. So that was kind of the inciting incident that started exploring like what could be going on with me, what could be going wrong. And I'm sure a bunch of medical people, if they're listening to this, are probably thinking like, did you go see a doctor? No, I didn't. <laughs> no, instead, what I did is... Like, so, so public service listeners, yeah. if you feel like you're having a heart attack, don't do what Dave did. Go to your doctor. Yeah. Please, anyway. immediately. Yes, go see a medical professional. Um, I didn't um, because I just had this intuitive nudge that that was not what was going on. Yeah. Um, that it was a symptom of a greater issue. And I did a little bit of research into, because uh, I noticed I'd get sharp pains in my stomach and then all the other things would start. So I was like, well, maybe I'm having acid reflux, GERD, something like that. Did some research into what's known as a restriction diet and to restrict some things in my diet. And so I did. Um, and one of the, you know, there were like four things that really trigger some significant issues for dietary or digestive stuff. Uh, it was um, gluten, yeast, dairy, and something else. I can never remember the fourth one. Just was so insignificant yeah. and was so little. So I decided, well, I already know I have a few issues with dairy. Why don't we try cutting out gluten, whatever that means? I had no idea what that meant. So that's where I started. I started cutting out wheat and flour products and literally within two to three days i had energy back um i'm not saying this is you know people going gluten-free is right for them they have to figure that out with their own healthcare professional and have to do the research themselves uh, for me it was the right choice um doing that um also made my entire system regular again um and so um, i Either I'm either a celiac uh, or I have a non-celiac's gluten sensitivity. And, um, and it may not even be um, gluten that's the trigger, but it's so because there's plenty of research that's been done now that um, people don't necessarily have gluten intolerance, but there's something else at play there. And it's uh, the other, whatever the other issue is, shows up so commonly in yeah. gluten foods that when you just cut out the gluten, you also get rid of the other stuff. Um, yeah. so that's where it started. And, um, I chose to cheat at first until, um, so that was September of 2010 that that started and by April of 2011. Uh, my dad had 
done the BPMS 150, which is a 150 mile ride from Houston to Austin. Um, yep. And, uh, he had a, a cookie cake and I chose to eat some of that and got ridiculously sick. Oh man. And, um, that ended my cheating. <laughs> yeah. From that day forward, I said, Nope, we're going a hundred percent gluten-free. I'm today I'm a hundred percent paleo because it just, the jump was so much easier since I'd already cut out dairy and grains that cutting out legumes wasn't uh, a big deal. Sure. Uh, sure. But, and so what results, I mean, obviously having more energy, just not feeling like crud all the time. Yeah. What, are there other uh, benefits to, to that shift? There were. Uh, so for me, I had gotten really complacent in what I ate, how I ate, um, I remember one of the first times after making that decision, I'd walk up to a menu somewhere and I would just always get the same thing. And also I was like, wow, look at all these other options on this menu. I had no idea were there. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, shifting the physical created a shift for me in the mental, the emotional, um, it's been a spiritual journey for me as well. Um, because I've been unsure of myself and having to trust that I was on the right path and making sure that um, I'm not a zealot either for sure gluten intolerance or even paleo stuff. Uh, I am a zealot though for people making nutritional choices because uh, food can either be um, the worst form of death or the best kind of medicine, right? So it can either heal us or harm us. Yeah. And, um, so I'm a zealot for that people doing their own research, finding out what works for their body and, um, and then making those choices, uh, because they, there's no excuse in America period. There just isn't, um, maybe other countries, uh, I don't live in other countries. I only live here in America. And I can tell right. you the number of choices we have are so plentiful that you have to intentionally, suppress that information um, and intentionally not pay attention to the fact that you can choose a healthier lifestyle. And when it comes down to it, it's really not more expensive to make healthier choices because when you do, you're eating stuff that fills you up in a better way. Mm -hmm. You're not buying as much stuff. So mm -hmm. the, the dollars are more dense into the, into the nutrition, but it's not, it doesn't have to be more, does it? It doesn't. I think, you know, a whole organic conversation, I have an opinion about it. Um, and uh, unattached to my opinion, people do with it as they please. I don't really care. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is um, food is fuel, period. End of yes. story. Um, and uh, calories in don't always equal calories out, but the, the quality of the calories in will matter. Um, I'm not a nutritionist. Um, so, you know, talk to a nutritionist about that kind of stuff. Sure. I just happen to be a nutritional enthusiast. And so... Uh, oh, I like that term. Yeah. Nutritional enthusiast. Yeah. I'm a nutrition and fitness enthusiast. Those two things. So uh, I've done a lot of research for myself and what works for me. And I encourage people to do that. I'll, there's plenty of people that need uh, some type of nutritional help, uh, whether that's a nutritionist or dietitian, And that's great. They're there. You use them. Yeah. Um, 
same with, you know, medical doctors and fitness professionals use them. They're there for really good reason. And, um, uh, but yeah, for me making those choices were sometimes as simple as going, you know what, I'm going to choose the apple and a handful of almonds instead of the sugar laden bar. Yeah. Just, it was that simple. Um, and you know, sure. People look at the price tags of, you know, Oh gosh, if I choose an organic apple over a non-organic apple, um, it's so much more expensive. It is period. Um, and yet people will fill up their cars their vehicles with premium products, premium gas, premium oil, and don't think twice about it, but yet they'll fuel their bodies with crap. Yeah. So nutrition is one big part of the journey for you, but Mm -hmm. then there's, then there's been this other, uh, a couple others, really one being around, uh, beginning, uh, a journey into Taekwondo Mm -hmm. and then also just, uh, reclaiming your, your physical health with exercise as well. Mm -hmm. So talk, talk about those a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll probably start with the, I mean, I would love to talk about the martial arts, of course, because, um, I am a professional martial artist. Yeah. Uh, It's what I do full time. And, um, but the backstory to that probably matters a little bit. So, um, so real quick, yeah, you, you, for the dirt, for most of this story Mm -hmm. have been a husband, father, full-time employee Mm -hmm. engaged in your community Mm -hmm. and a whole host of other things and have been active, uh, on a, on a multiple times a week basis in this martial arts program. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So guys, like I immediately just hear this, this thing going, Oh my gosh, wait, what, how on earth do you find time for that? And nobody finds time for anything. They make time for it. Yes. Yes. It can be done and it's, and it can be a really important part of your journey. So Dave, tell us about that. Like what, what made you decide to, that that's what you wanted to do. And then, uh, tell us about the, the journey of it. Um, I didn't, I never knew that I wanted to do martial arts. <laughs> uh, I say that kind of tongue in cheek because I had friends growing up who were both black belts. Um, in I believe Taekwondo actually, um, back where I grew up in the Chicago land area. And they moved with such an economy of grace, strength, and confidence that I didn't know what it is they had. I just knew they got it from martial arts and, uh, and they were brothers. And so they'd pick on each other and I'd watch them pick on each other. And I was like, and they were doing really, it looked like the movies (laughs) with how they fought. I was like, Holy cow, you guys are really cool. (laughs) Um, one guy was a year older than me and the other one was, you know, uh, like, uh, four years younger than me or something like that. And, um, but I just, I always admired them. They just had a way about them that, um, their presence preceded their showing up physically. Um, and I wasn't sure what that was. So, uh, fast forward. So, you know, that's grade school, that's middle school, high school. Um, 
I, I, I knew them, gosh, man, for, for a long time, um, 10, 15 years. Uh, we're not in touch anymore. And hmm. uh, unfortunately, one of them died in a tragic car accident, the younger brother. Um, oh, man. So, yeah, I was there for his funeral and everything. It was, um, it was tragic and sudden, um, but still a great deal of respect for them both. Um, anyway, uh, fast forward to um, six years ago. And six years ago, my wife, as a professional photographer, was at a gala. And they had a silent auction and she was taking pictures for this. And one of the items she, you know, she asked, Hey, can I put in for you know some of these items? And one of the items was, um, and this has never been done. So here's the caveat. Nobody can ask for this. It's never been done before and it will never be done again. Uh, there was a gift basket for six months of free martial arts lessons. Whoa. So uh, for those of you listening, I am the program director at that exact same academy. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I'll offer you something else. I'm not doing that. Um, and that had never been done before. Um, and it was never repeated. So anyway, wow. so she put in for it and uh, didn't win it and was kind of bummed. Um, didn't tell me about any of this. A friend of hers, though, an acquaintance of hers, did win it. And, um, so she congratulated her and whatever, well, like a week or so later, she's like, you know what? I asked my daughters, the, a friend of hers, or a friend of my wife asked her daughters, Hey, do you guys want to do this? And the girls were like, no interest whatsoever. And so, um, and it, by the way, it was a family membership for those six months. So not just one person, mm -hmm. but the entire family gets to train. So, um, she's like, Hey, do you want it? And gave it to my wife and my wife surprised my son and I, cause there's the three of us for that. Um, and, uh, I like my heart leapt in my chest and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Um, and, uh, Jonah, my son took a lesson first. And, uh, so he outranked me for like two days as a white belt. <laughs> Does he still mention it? No, no, I don't think he remembers much, but, uh, then I came in and I got awarded my white belt. And, um, I don't know if you guys will be posting pictures of this, but I've got a picture of the day I, I received my white belt, uh, Jonah and I, my son and I, um, standing together. I also have pictures of when he and I tested for our black belt three years ago. Um, and getting that awarded too. So it took us three to four years from that beginning to get awarded our black belts, uh, a lot of hard work. Uh, today, as it stands, I'm a second degree black belt and we'll be testing for my third degree black belt uh, next year in 2018. I've got nine months to prepare and train for that. Uh, fourth degree is considered mastery in our system. Mm -hmm. So um, I've got five years until I hit mastery level. And at that point I get to be called master, um, in our system, since it is Taekwondo and Korean, it would also, people could call me a sabunim, which is the same thing as Shifu or, uh, sensei, uh, she, uh, Shifu. Uh, yes. Well, I can't words. <laughs> He's the guy from um, Kung Fu Panda, right? Yes, but it means master teacher. And that's, um, Kung Fu uses that term and, and sensei is uh, Japanese. They use that term for master teacher. 
and Koreans use subonym for master teacher. So um, in America, and that's just, totally where you're headed. Oh yeah. Um, when I became a brown belt and I was 18 months away from testing for my black belt, uh, I set my goal right then and there to become a fourth degree black belt because I have a strong value of mastery in my life. I don't commit myself to things that I cannot do with a level of mastery, legacy, and personal advancement. Mm-hmm. So six years ago, Dave started out on a on a freebie deal. Yep. And now you're running the joint. Uh, I am. Yeah. Uh, so six years ago, I entered martial arts. Uh, it it awoke in me the day I got, I got awarded my white belt. Uh, I realized the desire that I had had. Um, and interestingly, that was fall of 2011, spring of 2011. I went through the Braveheart uh, intensive retreat and um, there was a stirring in my heart then for something in the arts, martial arts related. Mm-hmm. I didn't know why. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and then fall of 2011, I entered martial arts and, um, I haven't looked back ever since I've sacrificed. I mean, it originally because of where I lived in Austin took me 45 minutes to drive one way just to get to the Academy to train and then 25 minutes to get home. But it was so important that uh, I made time for it while also leading, you know, retreats and, um, uh, different small group study type stuff, working full-time, volunteering in the community. Um, if we really, really care about it and want it, we will make the time for it, period. Yeah. There's no such thing as I didn't have time for that. That just means it wasn't a priority. Yeah, That's all it means. Can you, and, speak, you, know, to, can you speak to the transformation um, over these last six years or so? Yeah, so um, some of that journey is, you know, six ago I entered martial arts, four years ago I became an instructor. Um, Two years ago, well, sorry, it'll be three, two and a half. It was two years ago this past June, started getting paid as a martial artist. So became a professional martial artist two and a half years ago. Um, And then this is currently December 2017. And in July 2017, became full-time program director, which means now that's what I do full-time. That's just the timeline and, and on it. But the transformational part of it, uh, for me, at that same time when I became a brown belt, and I said, you know, 18 months till black belt, and I'm setting fourth degree as my goal, um, something shifted in me saying, uh, I need to do something physical training-wise, cross-train. Hmm. And people thought I was ridiculous. They said, That's, you're training all the time, which was two to three times per week. Uh, I said, sure. But for me, martial arts isn't physical training. I need to physically train for my martial arts so that I can be the best martial artist uh, that I can be because I don't do stuck. I don't do complacency. uh, And I sure do not do uh, settling. 
let's take a minute to talk about the Marriage Masterclass. Yeah, so if you're married and find yourself feeling more isolated and alone than intimately connected, then join other cool couples and learn the communication skills that will get you having the conversations that bring you closer together. So if you keep dividing and conquering, you'll continue to drift toward isolation. What most couples do is just caffeine up, press forward, and simply hope for the best. Yeah, don't do that. Imagine having more fun and laughter together and conflicts only draw you closer together. That's all possible. Join us each Thursday night on Facebook at 8 p.m. Central Time on the Legendary Marriage page. We're hosting the Marriage Masterclass, where each week we guide you in having a crucial conversation that will bring you and your spouse closer together. Yeah, even if you only get just some time at the end of the day to connect with other cool couples and talk and laugh about love and all the craziness that comes along with being married, but you, you know what? You'll also learn how to have conversations about the things that really matter. Get on the same page about topics like money, sex, parenting, and build more intimacy and connection in your relationship. Do not let the natural drift of isolation leave you feeling alone in your own marriage. You can join us Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Time on the Legendary Marriage page on Facebook for the Marriage Masterclass. And now back to part two of our conversation with Dave Hackbarth. Now I do have a healthy sense of competition. I want to win, um, period. And I will win eventually, may not be immediately, but eventually I will. Um, but most of the time I'm just competing against who I was yesterday and not against the other people. The other people simply show up to challenge me, show me my weaknesses and give me feedback because yeah. that's all those failures and weaknesses are is just feedback where I can grow. So I was getting a lot of it early on in martial arts, <laughs> a lot of feedback, opportunities to grow. Yeah opportunities for transformation. Um, and it wasn't the physical, it was actually in the mental, the emotional, uh, the spiritual, uh, it revealed to me areas where I was limiting myself, you know, self-limiting beliefs. And, um, I realized I was more capable mentally, emotionally, physically than I thought possible. Yeah. So, um, so for me, some of the transformation, uh, became, uh, really believing in myself around that type stuff. Yeah. That I, I am actually more capable than I think I am. Yeah. And so the, the physical transformation, I'm going to speak to that because I've, I've sure. used this, um, uh, I'm going to say a, a significant number of pounds over the years, over the last couple of years, really. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not lost because we know where they came from and we know where they went. Yeah. Released. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like Dave went from looking like me to, to looking like, well, a, a martial artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, you know, a lightweight or welterweight MMA fighter. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I think every dude has that vision. Like when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we we see through all the extra to Mm -hmm. the, like we have the, we, we, we have this way of creating a perception where we're like, oh yeah, I look good. 
mm-hmm. where 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 typically ladies tend to look and go oh um but there so there's been a, a tremendous physical transformation for you mm-hmm. he can you are other specifics you want to share there if not you don't have to yeah so um you know part of, part of my martial arts journey um I, I you know, mentioned I have the two, two discs in my back. I never thought I'd be able to do martial arts because of my mobility was so restricted. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't balance very well. I was in constant pain. Um, so I know I mentioned that early on. And um, this is kind of where that turned for me. Um, growing up in high school, I loved weight training. That really, I don't know, something about it just really, I loved. I fell in love with it in my I started doing weight training. I ran cross country my freshman and sophomore year, ran varsity cross country. And so there was some weight training there, but then by my junior, senior year in high school, I embraced it a lot and um, gained some weight, which was good muscle, muscle weight, muscular um, development and tonality uh, to the point where I was pretty ripped. I had a, I had a ripped six pack abs. And um, at that point in time, I really, I was, skinny and scrawny and so packing on all the weight just there was like zero fat on my body and it was just all muscle um and the other important thing to know about some of my fitness journey as well as my martial arts journey is i grew up the shortest kid in the class i was always the shortest kid i was skinny and scrawny so i always felt extremely vulnerable doing martial arts and doing physical training made me finally feel powerful um powerful in ways that i knew uh, I could protect myself and those that I love because I'd been in plenty of situations in my life story where um, uh, I was not defended. I was not protected. Um, and I feared for my life on many occasions. Yeah. So um, in addition to like when people choose to do martial arts, that's great. If they're not also doing physical training, I believe they're missing out on a really key element of it personally, resistance training specifically, not, you know, hard cardio stuff. Mm-hmm. though if you do it right it can all be cardio so yeah. um so what i started doing uh, when i became a brown belt is uh, i did something called the 30-day burpee challenge and um i started that I've, I've since created one of my own that i actually have students going through right now in december 2017 they're doing that right now uh Excellent. 25 of my students about close to 10 percent of our student body um doing that uh, so that's really cool. Um, but I started after that doing P90X, completed P90X for the first time in my life. Then I uh, thought, well, since I did that, P90X3 was coming out. So I decided to do that and complete it twice because um, once isn't good enough. <laughs> I was going to um, say, you know, so many of us start health and fitness hustles and then we don't finish them, let alone right. finishing them twice. Right. So I completed P90X, then I completed P90X3 twice, in which I immediately followed it up with Insanities or Beachbody's Insanity. Um, then struggled through the next year, which was 2015, uh, doing some CrossFit and a few other stuff. But um, it, it, it was difficult for me to stay uh, locked in on my training. And then uh, you gifted me eight weeks to seal fit for Christmas, which was on my wish list. Yeah. And, uh, that scared the crap out of me <laughs> at the beginning of it was like Mark divine who wrote the book said, you know what, if you can't commit to this, put the book down, close it. I don't work with people who won't commit. And I thought, Holy cow. All right. We just upped the ante on that one. 
The so gauntlet has been thrown down. Either I do this and I show up fully uh, in my true identity and I commit or, uh, or I'm not doing it, period. So I said, I'm doing it and completed eight weeks to seal fit in 2016, immediately joined their online community and been doing seal fit ever since uh, all of last year, this year. Things that they, you know, programs they have like their grinder program, their core program, their boot camp program. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, one of my goals is to attend one of their Kokoros, which is um, uh, Hell Week for Civilians. It's it's the SEAL Hell Week for Civilians. It's 50 hours of training, and I, I will do that and complete it um, by the time I'm 45 and I'm 41 right now. So, turn 42 next month. So, I got three yeah, more it's years. 50 hours of nonstop training now you right? get you get four hours of sleep during those 50 hours four hours spread out across 50 yeah yes yes not all at once i'm pretty sure i don't know no. they don't really talk about it no. <laughs> um but you know now my back is stabilized i see the chiropractor i used to see the chiropractor you know every other day i see the chiropractor every other week at this point just for regular maintenance uh, which if you don't believe in chiropractic that's fine it worked for me do what makes sense for you um, and I became such um, a believer in fitness and how it transformed my physical body that I created my own program for our academy to help our black belts get prepared for the black belt test because it's grueling. Yeah. Um, you can do it. It just it's it taxes you. It tests you. Anybody can do it if they set their mind to it. Um, and uh, I've trained over sixty-five people this year alone uh, to success That's awesome. through the program that I have and, um, close to a hundred black belts in the last two years testing to yeah. uh, success. So, uh, for me, uh, when I started that 30 day or sorry, I had a goal, uh, in 2016 to gain, to go from 159, just above light, uh, lightweight in the mixed martial arts division to welterweight at 170. Uh, I gained that in six months through doing seal fit. Uh, my waist size stayed the same uh, during that time. And uh, so I gained uh, 11 pounds. I actually got up to 175 pounds. I'm 5'9", 175 pounds, uh, gaining almost 16 pounds of muscle. Today, where I stand at the end of 2017, I made a goal of getting down to, I was sitting at about 15 to 18% body fat at that point too, at the 175 mark. Uh, I made a goal to get down to t 10 to 12% body fat, uh, but wanted to maintain the welterweight division 170 mark. Uh, this year, I got to, uh, didn't maintain the 170, but I got down to 155 at 8% body fat. And I'm sitting between 7 to 8% body fat at 41 years old. Um, and uh, if you know what Conor McGregor looks like, when I take off my shirt, that's what I look like. <laughs> so but you don't have the ink. I don't have all the ink. No, I'm very, I'm inkless. Sorry. I, I don't know how I live in Austin without any tattoos, but I do. <laughs> I, I am bald and bearded. So I got that going for me. Sure. Cause that's, I guess, hip or something. I don't know. So I, I think, uh, I think like what I want to offer is, man, guys, it, think about that at 41, Dave is in the best shape of his life. Mm -hmm. Better than that. <sighs> Mm -hmm. and it, it can be done right it starts with some kind of inciting incident every time 
you know, don't let it be a heart attack. Let it be a, a positive desire. I want to see my kids graduate high school, marry, have grandkids, have great grandkids, whatever it is. And then, then there's something that catalyzes it. And for Dave, it was, it was karate. Mm-hmm. It, it was Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. And then you just keep finding a way to level things up incrementally, one thing at a time. What would you add, Dave? Um, the only way to get there is through passion and desire. Um, it, that releases the energy that you need to be able to do the things that you want to do in life. And without that, without knowing your why, uh, which is what I struggle, I, I admit I struggled through 2015 uh, with my fitness journey. Um, my nutritional journey has maintained been pretty solid. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's easy for me. It's easy to do that when I eat something that makes me feel like I want to die. Yeah. Stay on track. Um, some of us don't have that gift of that pain. Uh, that pain reminds me to stay on track. So, uh, I had to find my why and my why is to inspire others to achieve what they never thought possible. Um, and so that, keeps me going because if i'm not doing it if i'm not challenging myself if i'm not constantly moving forward regardless of what that looks like then um all the people who could be inspired aren't getting that opportunity and which means i'm not serving them i'm letting them down Hmm. and i don't want that to happen all right, Dave. So uh, you mentioned earlier you are program director at mm-hmm. uh, Cool and Karate here in Cedar Park, just north of Austin. Yep. And um, I just wanted to to have you tell us a little bit about that, a little bit about what opportunities there are there for folks to jump in and experience. Yeah. So you know, we kind of have a saying: the family that kicks together sticks together. Um, you know I love that. I love. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, uh, for those of us who are married, you know, our kids can go do football and soccer and dance and piano lessons. Um, and most of the time we can't participate with them. So we get to sit on the sidelines and watch our kids develop and train and grow. Um, with martial arts at our academy in the Austin area, the families can all train together. So moms and dads, we're 80% families, moms and dads can train together. My son and I have been training together for the last six years. Um, my wife also trained on the floor for a while. Um, she stopped after a while, but she trained with us for a a good duration as, uh, as well. I would say this, if you're not in the Austin area and you're wondering, you know, this kind of sounds cool. I'd like to do this. Great. People ask me all the time, you know, what's the best martial arts for me to explore? Uh, and I'll say the one that, uh, works for you. And my caveat to that is, um, it, the instructors matter. Yeah. Don't be focused so much on what style to train in. It, g- sign up for one of their introductory specials, whether that's a two-week, a free class, a six-week deal, a month, whatever it is, sign up, do it, and basically use that time to assess the instructors. Yeah. Uh, if the instructors encourage you, uh, are your champion, and um, are there to see you succeed, great. You found a great academy. If you find yourself more beat up and discouraged, um, when you leave, find somewhere else to go. Awesome, Dave. Uh, so where can people find you online? Uh, great question. So I think the best thing to really get a good kind of picture of the experience that we have uh, at our academy 
is through our Facebook page. So go to facebook.com and uh, you can look up Kulin Karate Center. That's C-U-L-I-N Karate Center. We'll put a link to the Facebook page in the show notes as well. For those in the Austin area, Dave has two offers for you. A complimentary basic karate birthday party, which is a $100 value, and a complimentary self-defense workshop, which is a $500 value. If you have interest in either one of those, you can reach Dave at karateprogramdirector at gmail.com or through the Kulin Karate Center Facebook page. All right, man. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you. This has been a great time and a pleasure to be here. Man, Dave really throws down the gauntlet as yeah. far as leveling up on just not settling. Yeah. I mean, he finds something and then he's like, well, how can I make it even better? How could I make it even better? Um, I'm just wondering. I feel like there's a lot of places in my life where I just am in deja vu mode where instead of leveling up, and leveling up and leveling up, I continue to like start back at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially in health and fitness. I feel like this is an area oh, for man, me. man. Yes. For me where it's like I set this goal and then you start it and you get like, okay, I'll be generous and say halfway there and then go back to the beginning again and do it mm-hmm. all over again and do it all over again. <laughs> do it all over again. Yeah. I mean, what what other area can you think of where it's just like you're stuck in deja vu mode? You just keep settling and settling and settling. I mean, there's you could any in in some ways I could say any area of my life. There are places where I just I replay the same story over and over again. But health and fitness, and this is why we're talking about it this month. Yeah, it is the it is the place. Yeah, it's the most obvious. Like you have to look at yourself in the mirror every day. Every time you step on a scale, every time you look in the mirror, every time you... Lord have mercy. Every time you bail on the workout, every time you sh- I shove my face full of cookies or whatever, every time. And so we create this, this shame cycle. I am just ama- I'm amazed really at Dave's attitude towards like he, he gave the example of the cookie cake and then he decided never to cheat again. Um, but I feel like I've never had that moment where it's like there absolutely is no going back like mm-hmm. it's just i admire what that. about but, with diet coke i have done that with diet coke thank you honey for pointing out my my success yay, yay shove it you. Di- shove it diet coke actually i do love diet coke but i haven't had it in like two years it's been longer than that i think that's pretty crazy um so anyways challenge this week Have a conversation with your spouse about an area where you've been settling and how to call each other forth into transformation. Don't get stuck in that deja vu loop. Yeah. Don't do it. Then come join the conversation in our free community on Facebook. It's a private group for men and women to support, encourage, inspire, and share about transforming marriage from ordinary to legendary. Just search for Legendary Marriage Group or visit legendarymarriage.com slash community. You can find this episode and the show notes at legendarymarriage.com slash 059. Tune in next week. We have Stephen Dull, Navy veteran, blogger, and creator of the 360 Man Project, Stephen's mission is to help dads and husbands become the men they were made to be. He encourages men to focus on fitness, faith, 
strength, skill, endurance, and mindset. Yeah, he'll be sharing about how he turned feeling stuck in his marriage to gaining freedom as a husband and father. You're not going to want to miss this. So here's a sneak peek from our conversation with Stephen Dahl. I really felt trapped. And when I say trapped, it was, uh, you know, you, you get you get married and then you start having kids and it is, it's totally different. And you don't really know what you what you've got. It's the same thing like when you get off the bus at boot camp and you go, "What happened?" Can't wait to hear the rest of that interview you had with Stephen Dull. Yes, it's fantastic conversation. And so don't forget to jump on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the show so we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Have a great week. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us on the adventure. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.